Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode 26. Crawl. Crawl. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're doing this one. <laughs> Because, uh, one, it's Kroll, which I love. Sure. I was the right time for this. It grew up. 1983, back when, you know, you kids don't know now. You get fancy movies every week. Oh, here's a new one. Here's a new superhero movie. Back in my day, back we in had my to go day. check the movie theater. Back for our one sci-fi fantasy every five years. It really was like fantasy. Ah, that's fine. No big deal. But then before we came to Cash Cow, it became. Yeah, it was kind of down and out. Around the same period, like animation. I had the same problem for a long time. Was tanking. Yes. I mean, uh, it was like, oh, that's cute for what it is. And now we have all these animated studios and all these fantasy flicks and all these superhero movies. And it's not really, it's actually, it's it's not just that they're mainstream, they're they're blockbusters, which is even weirder. Yeah. Like a lot of these movies were almost. uh, Times they are changing. Yeah. Like Kroll wasn't meant, it wasn't meant to set the world on fire. I think they knew they were going to be stuck in the subgenre right. category. Yeah. So uh, this is came from a recommendation from a writer friend of mine, Peter Kleins. Uh, he's on Twitter, I think, as at Peter Kleins. I guess um, I could look it up. You could look it up. It's so easy. <laughs> uh, we could just assume he's uh, uh, doing really well, and I'm, I really like him. He's a he's a close personal friend of mine, and. Uh, <laughs> I met him at uh, uh, Odessa. Villar Odessa is going through the shale boom, so they have a lot of extra money. So they have like a book fair they do every two years. Hmm. Really cool. Um, and uh, I just spontaneously met him there, along with uh, another writer, Carrie Vaughn, who's uh, doing pretty well now. And we, we really, I, I felt like we really hit it off. Maybe not. Maybe they don't like <laughs> me. Um, but I do know that Peter Kleins on Twitter said, you guys should do Crawl. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't not do Kroll now. <laughs> it is at Peter Klein. Right. Okay. And uh, he's got... Use the power of the internet. This one, by the time this podcast... He's got a new book out. Uh, he's got the... His, I'm going to give him a little self-promotion, because why not? A little promotion <laughs> for him. Um, he, uh, he wrote a series of uh, books called uh, uh, X-Heroes, which is about hero, superheroes in the zombie apocalypse, which is pretty interesting. Um, he also wrote a book called 14, which... I'm not sure if they're developing into a TV series or not, but uh, it's pretty good. I enjoyed that, and uh, and uh, he's right now he's got one called uh, Paradox Paradox Bound that just came out, and I don't know anything about it yet other than he wrote it. So there you go. Cool. But it's got some really good reviews, and there you go. So crawl. So this is kind of like a standard fantasy movie with some space stuff. <laughs> Very little space stuff, but some it, enough to make it at least a little bit unique. Yeah, enough to. It stands Remind out. You of the spaces out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like the idea that, like, because uh, Star Wars is just, I mean, is just space fantasy. Right. So this is a little heavier on the fantasy. It's just it's more space. obvious about it. Right. Instead of pretending like they have spaceships, it's like it's a flying castle. Duck. Because that's what, like, Star Wars has that same problem, which is, like, Star Wars technology doesn't really change. That's why it's always the same, but it's kind of like that's because it's not really meant to be taken as technology. Yeah. It's just fantasy elements. The Death Stars just get bigger. <laughs> the uh the uh x-wings just say x-wings there's no new it's like it's been a generation they're still flying x-wings maybe they reached the limits of Moore's law yeah i guess millennium falcon is just done it's never gonna get better than that <laughs> even in the first movie <laughs> 
when Luke sees the Millennium Falcon, right. like, that's a piece of junk. <laughs> it's an old piece of junk, and somehow it's still the best spaceship in the universe. So I feel like there's some relation to American muscle cars. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's more about the perception than the actuality. Put some flames on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet hog, man. <laughs> they don't make them like this. How fast can I do the Kessel Run? <laughs> you know, some people on, on Facebook there are already saying like, oh my God, do not, do not have the new Han Solo solo movie be about the Kessel Run. The Han Solo Stop. solo movie. The Han Solo solo movie. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> Han Solo solo movie. That's great. By the way, I'm going to predict the Han Solo solo movie is going to tell you how he met Chewbacca, how he met uh, Lando Calrissian, how he won the Millennium Falcon, and how he did the Kessel Run. Because <laughs> that's why it's fan fiction, folks. Not because it's extended universe, but because it answers questions that are not that important. I give it a fifty percent chance that he winds up on Tatooine and, and passes Luke, <laughs> child Luke, <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Um, this is the world we're living in. <laughs> I mean, the small galaxy. To be fair, it's a small galaxy, and that galaxy's far, far away. I guess. I mean, you run into everybody all the time. <clears throat> it's a galaxy that appears appears to contain max two stories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Kroll uh, <laughs> right. opens... Well, I mean, I, I think what I like about Kroll is... Again, it, it's very much a period of its time, but I think it's aged fairly well. I think it's better than a, some of these other fantasy movies have. Um, it's got a good pace. I mean, the story is more like a series of vignettes, really. They're just kind of like, oh, they go to this scene, and then this scene kind of leads to this scene. It's not like a super complicated plot, but um, it doesn't have to be. I mean, you're, you're, they have an adventure. Yeah, you can see the influence of Star Wars on it. Yeah, and and um, and a lot of like sta- standard adventure where it's like, okay, we go here, have an adventure scene, and at least to here, have another adventure scene. In fact, my first novel is pretty much that. My first novel I ever wrote was pretty much a Conan the Barbarian story, but Conan was a wizard too, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty much that. It was like they they go here, and there was a bad guy they were trying to get there was going on, but it really was like they go here. They fight a swamp monster. They go here. They run to bandits. They go here. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. It's been forever since I read it. I'm sure it's terrible. But um, ah, uh, uh, go on. But I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the idea that, like, by the way, he wasn't just like Conan. He was like seven feet tall, super big. He was like a giant muscle magic barbarian warrior. <laughs> What was the name of this uh, God oh, Among Men? <laughs> I do not remember now. Uh, all I remember is that there's... I mean, I remember the story was of that... It, was it Shlee? <laughs> Perhaps Shlalix? <laughs> it was still Ailey Martinez, but it never got published. Yeah. Um, one day, maybe, I'll look at I think I think there's a copy still in my mom's closet of the manuscript. <laughs> Did you ever try to get it published? Yeah, I I, I submitted it, okay. and the the criticism I got back was what you would expect. Like a lot of people were like, "This this is interesting." Somebody even like, "This is kind of good," but they said like, "But it's just kind of episodic. It just kind of goes from place to place." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." Yeah, Kroll um, is very much that, right? Except you know, a little bit more focused than mine because I remember on mine literally there's a part where it's like, I don't know what they're gonna do. How about they get on a barge and they sail, and then there's a swamp monster and they fight it. 
there's not a lot going on besides the main plot here. Right. They're, they know where they're trying to go. Right. <laughs> and um, basically, they're, they're fighting evil. Evil. They know where they're trying to go. The Capital bad guy e. knows what he's trying to do. <laughs> and uh, it's just back and forth. Right. The bad guy's not doing a lot besides, you know, running his game on the queen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the... Uh, the Slayers are just like on their normal. We're gonna take shit over. <laughs> well, I mean, because of the budget of this movie, you get a sense of like there's a lot more going on than you see. Because clearly they're attacking this this world, but because you only see really a handful of people, they never get that. There's never that shot of like a war torn village or That's like true. a strewn battlefield, and partly it's just the budget doesn't allow for it. Fair enough. There there were at least a couple of villages that were uh, off screen. Yes. Villages. Yes. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, the, the whole point of the movie is that they're, at the beginning is they, they have to form together because the beast is going to conquer the planet. But I was like, well, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's a movie about the journey. <laughs> um, so uh, what was your uh, uh, best thing? Uh, my best thing was Liam Neeson saying stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> gosh darn it, he's just so, so darn likable. He's good. He's good. <laughs> he's got that Liam Neeson charisma. That's right. Uh, you can tell. The glint in his eye and his a- an axe in his hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny to see, like, actors. I mean, again, you know, you, there's, I'm not saying that the other actors aren't good either. Uh, Robbie Coltrane's in this, too, and uh, he stands out. But they both have big parts for the bandits. Yeah, relatively so, big parts. Yeah, for the supporting bandits. The other ones are kind of there, like, hey, hey, everybody. Oh, you're dead. The rest of them are very much retro. Not Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> His Steve, favorite. No. Oh no. He had a a dog. I think. <laughs> was he three days from retirement, or was it the other guy? <laughs> Bandy retirement. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, he's fun. He's got. He does have a, a part. Um. There is, I have, uh, my best thing is that this movie really goes for it and has, uh, I like the soundtrack a lot. I think it's got a really, that helps a lot. I yeah. think the direction is not exceptional, but it's good. The special effects, I think, are really solid in this movie. Like, yeah, uh, definitely for the time frame. There. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, they, like, they hold up really well. Um, they actually have the Star Wars shot when the castle's coming down. Which is really nice. Yeah. And the, uh, and even the castle, I think, looks really cool. Uh, and I even love the the sets, like especially in particular the Beast Castle, which looks like someplace a thing that doesn't understand humans lives. <laughs> which makes sense. He doesn't like he's a thing. He's a he's a creature. He's the Beast, and he's not even like like at least like the Emperor had people around him. This guy's all he got is slayers, right. like these weird <laughs> mutants. You know, like he probably sat around going like, "Oh, I, do you think princes will like me, guys?" And the slayers are like. Yes, we'd like you. Who wouldn't like you, boss? That's what I think Slayers sound like. They it's like he's going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> he's just sitting there. He's 600 butt. years old. He's conquered the galaxy. <laughs> but he's like, you know, at the end of the day, what's it mean if there's not somebody to come home to? This guy's castle made out of rib cages and ventricles. Yes. I love, I love his castle. It's so, like, it, it's so clearly designed by someone who is just like, like the winchester house of monster houses you know winchester house right the 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 house that the lady kept building on 
and like she was constantly building on it. So yeah, there's yeah. like doors that go nowhere and staircases <laughs> and I feel like that's what it's like. He's just sitting around bored. Well, you rule the galaxy and he's just like, Hey guys, what about like a rib cage like theater? <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. Hey, it'll be cool. We put like a spike room here. <laughs> but it doesn't look like a spike room. You you sit next to her and the wall sucks you in. <laughs> What if the foyer like split open that's so you can fall through it? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Beast, that's cool, but no one's even gonna come to your house one day. I mean who you don't you doesn't even stay. <laughs> I'm not doing it for them guys, I'm doing it for me. <laughs> but you think somebody might one day? What if somebody comes in? It'll be so cool. I wanna be ready. Yeah, I wanna be ready. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Build a slayer. If I listen to you, they break into my castle and I'm just standing there like an idiot. Like they're like, where are all the traps? And I'm just like, well, we got the TV room. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have dishes out on the counter. No, <laughs> like there's, a slob. <laughs> there's a joke in uh, the movie Freaked that's uh, it's very silly, very goofy. Uh, but one of the jokes is, and I've talked about it before on the podcast. But one of the jokes is, uh, Randy Quaid plays uh, the evil genius, and he's like. Like he's taking other chief, other guys to his the corporate masterminds. He's like, "Shall we retire to my den?" And then you see his den is like a really bad like rumpus room. <laughs> like there's board games on the shelves, and and even on the commentary track they say like, "Oh, that joke is so funny to us, but it doesn't really play. People don't really understand what we're doing." But the idea that like this evil genius just has a room, it's just a den. It's like it's not a den of iniquity. <laughs> So that's what I, the beast is smart. The beast is covered. He's like, guys, better to have the death trap and not need it. Yeah, he knows it's all about the, the, the visuals, the marketing. Like all good villains, right? <laughs> it's the total package. Yeah, because, I mean, you call themselves the beast. You can't, you can't phone it in if you're the beast. Somebody comes to your, your doom castle, <laughs> your space doom castle. They to expect visit the beast. Certain, <laughs> they expect a certain atmosphere. <laughs> they walk in. <laughs> Maybe not blood dripping down the walls. No, 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 no. That's that's too much. It'd be ostentatious. That's too much. Yes. <laughs> I love the idea that like like someone walk in and then the beast is there and he's just sitting in a chair and he's like, oh, oh, guys, like, I guess we fight now. <laughs> and they're just like, ah, I guess it just doesn't seem like the same thing. Okay, I guess you can take the princess then. Whatever. <laughs> I'll just go back to space. <laughs> Jeez, I heard so much about the Black Castle of the Beast. This is just, uh, ooh, it's disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the time I saw the Grand Canyon. I'm like, yeah, nature's beauty, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty deep. That's a pretty big <laughs> hole, I guess. The story was very rote. So oh yeah, that's right. That's right. A lot of the a lot of the uh, bandit army died off at very regular. Very animals. specific. You're right. You could tell. <laughs> so you knew one or two people was going to die in the quicksand. Yeah. You knew a couple of people would die to whatever the next thing was. <laughs> it was very steady <laughs> pile of bodies that were leaving behind them. <laughs> Not that guy. Not uh, Steve. <laughs> <that's> Steve. <laughs> um. So yes, he, it's he, very. That I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> that's formula, but it is very formula. Yes. We go here, a couple of guys die, they fight off the bad guys, they go here, this happens, yeah. Yeah, you need to know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then uh, for mine is... Uh, Carl's not going to have uh, shamelanium twists. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the prince is really the beast all along. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> Liam Neeson was not dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Turns out the beast was a freedom fighter, and the kingdom of Kroll was oppressing him. What? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> My worst thing on this movie is the glaive, which is the magical weapon that our hero retrieves in the first like <laughs> part of his quest. It's like the first thing he does is climb a mountain, brave boulders, reach in the lava. And then he doesn't use it for 99% of the movie. And then when he does, he uses it like a cutting tool, which is okay, but not really that dramatic. Then he kills some bad guys, and he uses it on the beast a little bit, and he loses it at the end. You kind of forget it's there. <laughs> right. It's just not important. And it's like, it's the, it'd be different if it was just like, oh, let me get this thing, and I have it. But, I mean, even the movie opens with the glaive flying towards the screen and flies past Kroll. <laughs> The poster has him holding it. And yeah, it's blade. on the cover. <laughs> it's so awesome. The video game based on Kroll for the Atari, which I had, you're throwing that glaive like crazy. It's the Kroll equivalent of a nuke. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but it's not that bad. A reusable nuke. <laughs> I get I get you're right. Like some women, you're like, that's too powerful. It's like, hey, kill some people with that thing, won't you? Like they're he's in a sword fight. Why are you sword fighting slayers when you can just <laughs> how many lives did we lose because you were like well i don't want to use it till i'm ready yeah i mean if there'd been uh, i don't know some some indication that you could only use it a couple of times maybe yeah or like uh, ever says that though. or like uh he's not good with it he's a practice a little bit yeah. but like once he pulls it out he's just like yeah and it reminded like the 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 complaints three dudes at a time <laughs> Yeah, just the, the the complaints against um Iron Fist. One of the complaints against Netflix's Iron Fist, if you're serious, uh, particularly Gail Simone, who's a comic book writer. She was like, she really likes Iron Fist, but she goes, the Iron Fist is not just a garage door opener. And then while she said that, I'm watching it like he punched open a, like a door, and I was like, that's because guys use your imagination. He really does punch a lot of doors. Right. <laughs> at least it's like to be fair. At least this guy can fight without the glaive he's pretty good without it but it's just you have it <laughs> i mean like Captain america doesn't hesitate to use his shield is that he's like iron man's not like oh no i better not pull out that armor no no ant-man is like shrinking well i guess i'll do it <laughs> you don't want that shield to get scratched up <laughs> that's what he's made upset with with Drive black panther your... for scratching it up <laughs> drove up your insurance rates. that's right <laughs> It's really hard to buff out those scratches <laughs> in your indestructible shield. <laughs> vibranium or unobtainium or whatever it's, it is. It's a, it's a vibranium adamantium uh, polymer. Oh, sure. Alloy. Come on, man. <laughs> That's what makes it so indestructible. Because vibranium is mostly indestructible and adamantium is mostly indestructible. But together, it's super indestructible. Peanut butter and chocolate of right super hard metals. Super hard metals. Uh, so that's my that's my big complaint is like the glaive. I it's like and, and here's the thing too. The glaive is not that hard of a special effect. Like some I'm like okay that's a pretty like it's just a spinning thing. Yeah. So that that annoys me. And I I remember seeing this movie. I watched this movie a couple years ago. And I remember when I kid I really liked it. I still liked it, but I was I was like man I forgot how little he used that glaive. Sold me a bill of goods. I can tell this really bothers you. <laughs> if, if I'm 
what does this guy have that's his advantage is he's got the glaive and a heart full of courage <laughs> captain america has that too and the shield <laughs> I just want to. I want to have a scene at the end of this movie where they're walking away. It's like the surviving bandits. Oh, I'm glad you used the glaive to rescue your girlfriend. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> you know, all my best friends are dead now because <laughs> it wasn't the right time. <laughs> oh, well, by the way, do you have that glaive still? No, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I'm glad you saved it for the two minutes you had it. Idiot. <laughs> at the end. Kroll extended to extended cut. I guess we should swim, spin the wheel of metaphors. Oh, boy. It's still a thing we do. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert. When he gets the flame hand, he can't stop using that thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Da, 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 da. Pepsi Crystal. <laughs> Pepsi Crystal. I think Kroll... It's an interesting experiment. It's an exper interesting experiment, and it's of its time. Uh-huh. And uh, Pepsi Crystal is unfairly maligned. It's just Pepsi. Yeah. Um, I'd say that. And, I, uh, I, think there's a, I think it's very divisive. Yes. <laughs> some people... Uh, like Pepsi Crystal, and some people uh, just cannot stand the fact that it's clear. Right, which is weird, because it's like, it's still... <laughs> it's just Pepsi without the food color. Right. You know, and this is, Kroll is also Star Wars without the fake uh, science. Exactly. It's just, it's like, instead of having a, a, a spaceship, you have a flying fortress. You're going to do magic. Just, just do magic. Do just do it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so Kroll is the Pepsi Crystal of the uh, sci-fi fantasy space operas. <laughs> it's you know it's actually pretty unusual when you think about it. Like I've always liked that idea of like uh, fantasy uh, space. You know, kind of the idea that uh, and and some of that's done in some settings a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I just think it's a pretty pretty. I mean, it's not even more ridiculous than any other thing about fantasy. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, Fantasy and science fiction are usually pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, you know, as we talked about, like in this movie, there's Kroll, which has more than one biome, which is clearly in violation of Star Wars rules. <laughs> 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 but uh, so in that way, it's kind of like, let's just, let's, just, let's just do it. And I think it's a really, there was even a uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, setting, I don't think it's still around anymore, called uh, Star Jammers, which was hmm. basically Dungeons and Dragons in space. Like the, the idea was that there was ether and you could build a ship and actually if you had the magic you could fly through space and uh and it used a lot of like sort of rules that made sense. and it's like i like um disney's treasure planet i say disney's treasure planet because that's what it is but it's pirates in space and sailing it's treasure island in space with that kind of logic and it. it's a lot of fun that one has still like a sci-fi trapping but it's still pretty much just fantasy space pirates running around yeah it's not bad i mean when you yeah. hit you know whatever hard limit of science that you're gonna run up against just wizard your way through it right well i mean once you do that to me it's like it's cool because you're just acknowledging it's a totally different reality sure um and that's i mean to be fair it's all a different reality anyway like 90 percent of the time it's like well spaceships don't really work that way i mean it, it's it's 
it's a conjecture. It's just, it's the difference between, are we going to pretend like we came up with something? <laughs> or are we just going to say, he's got a magic space castle. Yeah. Well, this is the reason that midi, midi-chlorians are so problematic. <laughs> right. Because you, you don't know to explain your space wizards. <laughs> no. Because, They're just space wizards. Because then, it, then you start asking more questions. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, was it a biological component? What is it? I thought it was more like just an essence kind of thing. Like, could you could you, could you genetically manipulate somebody to have more midi? Could you inject so, midichlorians into them? <laughs> yeah. It's like this is all kinds of weird. It's really, just another kind of technology, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a silly it's a silly it's a silly attempt to make Star Wars into a, not a fantasy. But Star Wars is a fantasy even without the Force, because again, technology doesn't change. The 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 cultures are still just kind of generic. The the single biome planets. The single biome planets are crazy weird. Yeah. And a swamp world, and a desert world. That's right. And a sky world. And a different desert world. <laughs> and a different desert world. <laughs> and the same desert world again. That's right. City world. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so, uh, I guess that's it. Are we going to go to spoilers, I guess? Yeah. Um, let's uh, do our... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug stuff, I guess. Sure. <laughs> so, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Save the Movies. On Facebook, we're Save the Movies. Our uh, website is savethemovies.com. You can email us at podcast at savethemovies.com. You can find Alex's stuff at aleemartinez.com. And, and uh, follow me on Twitter at, at aleemartinez. Uh, and find me on Facebook. My official fan page is Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse. It's a mouthful. And if you forget all that, just go on iTunes and leave us a... It was a five-star review because you, yes. you like it so much. We will take four-star, but only because we like you. <laughs> <laughs> Your three-star and below reviews, you can send directly to... <laughs> you know, savethemovies.com. we created a tradition of excellence, Scott, I feel like. There's this, uh, a couple of uh, phone, phone games had this trick where they'd uh, ask for a review. Yeah. <laughs> Ask you first whether you're going to do like a five star. Oh, really? For five star reviews, click here and it'll take you to the actual iTunes. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. And it was so, um, it wasn't that much of a trick, right? If you <laughs> looked at it for a couple of seconds, it'd be pretty obvious what they were doing, but apparently it worked quite well. Yeah, well. but nobody, most people aren't, you know, sure. most people aren't technical wizards like you are, becoming nerds. <laughs> I guess. We're just slaves to the singularity. <laughs> I like computer wizards. <laughs> I hear your midichlorians are really high. (laughs) You hack hack a Don't laugh. Serious condition. I know. (laughs) You didn't choose the hack. Hacking chose you. (laughs) Got a bad case of hack a chloria. (laughs) All right. So we'll take our spoiler break. Other places. Other places. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> spoiler break. Hold on. Let's take a thing. They always sit You there. can find Kroll on Amazon or.
So uh, we open up with the well, spaceship. They start right? with the yeah. They start with the music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is good, good rocking music, good orchestral, Very good orchestral. I don't know if it was rocking so much, but it's space orchestral, right? Space orchestral. <laughs> We start with crawl, you can prefix with space. That's right, <laughs> and it works. Space, even when they're on, they spend almost all their time on the planet, it's still space. Yeah, um, they have lasers. Yeah, <laughs> I like the uh, the opening of this, which is both. I love the orchestral score, which is very in tune with the movie, and the glaive, which is a lie. <laughs> the glaive is a lie. It's a pretty lie. It's a pretty lie. It's so glittery. Yes. And then we get the uh, the Dark Fortress. That's what it's called, right? The Dark Castle, the Dark Fortress. Whatever. Dark Castle? Yeah, say? flying through space, a la the Star Destroyer. Yeah, so this is where we get the pan shot. That's yeah. kind of the, the Star Wars style. Yeah, right. It's it. ship. I like that, again, it's, it's pure magic because like it doesn't have a propulsion system. You see its, you see its bottom. Yeah. It's not shooting. It's like, no, it's it's magic. It's pure magic. It just flies through the universe. And it kind pure of magic. goes down the planet and sort of turns over and it, plants itself. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then you see the the Slayers right out. Slayers! <laughs> <laughs> I like the look of the Slayers, by the way. I like their sort of... They sort of look like, you know, they're sort of generic sort of Stormtrooper guys, but they have like alien look. They look like aliens a little bit. Yeah. Which is fits, you know. And uh, they're very enthusiastic, which I enjoy. I like that they d- didn't go with the bucket on head style yeah. of the yeah. stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, I like when they die. Like whenever they die, their head explodes and the worm comes out of their head. Yeah. That's a, a really suggestion cool. suggestion of like how they're constructed. Right. They're like, and they dissolve. I love that idea that they're like, they really are these aliens he's, he's recruited. <laughs> um, so they go, uh, and we go pretty much straight into the story. Right. Where I think there's a narrator. Right. Well, because, again, the movie's low budget in the sense that they spend all their budget on the special effects and sets, which are pretty nice. So uh, they have to just imply, they have to tell you, oh, well, the kingdom's in danger. The world's in danger. <laughs> right. The, the, the ravages of war are coming. You can tell by all the pristine and beautiful landscapes. <laughs> the Celtic scenery. Yes. And then they, and this is, this is interesting because this is the part I thought where we meet the princess, and she's talking to her father, and her father's like, uh, I don't want you marrying the other kingdom. And she's like, well, we have no choice. We have to band together. But I love that it's, sort of, it's, a, it's a subversion of what you expect, because she's totally like, yeah, we need to do this. And he's even like, well, we'll just sign a treaty. We'll just make a treaty. She goes like, no, we need to do this the right way. And she's not exactly really active in the story. She still sort of needs to be rescued, although I love that there's still that kind of classic sexism <laughs> there's no other way to put it classic sexism in a nice way which is that she's his strength which is nice i mean yeah it'd be nice if she was a little more active but it's cool it's cool but i like that she's yeah i need to marry him he wants to marry me i like that they're both they, they avoided the whole they have to they they want to get married they're both cool people right. they want to get married <laughs> for the good of the kingdom <laughs> they're both Attractive, yes, <laughs> young royalty, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that a care in the world, except for that whole uh, dark castle thing. Uh, so beast yeah, it's, always ruining somebody's day. It's, it's, it does seem like she has some agency here, right? Right, that she's not a like her dad, her 
She's not a property that her dad right to do this, but that she feels some obligation as like a leader of the right. It's a leadership marriage, (laughs) right? But it doesn't mean that they don't. I mean, they're they. I don't. I guess this is the first time they're meeting. It seems like when they do. That's what they implied. And and they hit it off pretty well. And I like that scene. It, they don't have a lot of scenes together, but I like that scene. It feels like they're both feels like they're both people with goals. Yeah. And and and, uh, and it's really easy to do that thing where one of them seems in charge, but they both actually seem like they're like they were both on board with this, and then they meet each other and immediately hit it off, and they're. I'm super on board with this now. This is awesome. <laughs> Let's go save Crawl. We can do this. Right. They still got their priorities. Right. And I love that line where she's like, you know, my father says uh, warriors make lousy husbands. And he's like, that depends. Do you want a, hus- a husband who just, you know, comes at the snap of your fingers? And then she's like, you wouldn't. And he goes, well, you wouldn't want that. And then it's, <laughs> it's like, it's cute. And they kiss. And it's it's very kind of like chaste. It's very, very, not, not. This is not very sexual at all. But in a movie like this, that's pretty sexual. It's kind of like the whole thing is like, ooh, they kissed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> no, and it's not like there's a lot of, I mean, this isn't, there's not a lot of making out of this movie. Not a lot of. I think it's interesting that it's, um, that they're into it, but it really is kind of a political. Yeah. Marriage. <laughs> I do like that. That's like, that's their, like, they're like, it's almost like they met for the first time and they're like, yeah, yeah, I can live with this. <laughs> they really were like, <laughs> they're both kind of are right, better than I was expecting. Right, they're both kind of like, hey, they seem like a cool person. That at least they understand what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, I can do work. I can work on that. <laughs> anyway, the Slayers attack. <laughs> oh, but they had the wedding ceremony, which I like because <laughs> oh, it yeah. comes back sure. to foreshadowing. They're not wasting any time. And uh, and they do the. The like the other wedding ceremony where it's like magical. And at first, this is this is what we talk about, like foreshadowing, good foreshadowing. Because at first you're like, oh, this is just a way of of highlighting the otherworldliness of their of their world, like the magic. Yeah, but seems, it's actually important. It seems more ceremonial, right? Than, uh, functional. It's like I do. I put wa- flame to water. I take the flame out, and then that's when the beast shows up. I mean, the slayers <laughs> take the flame just out. start killing the Check hell out of everybody. <laughs> They don't, they don't fool around. This this kingdom needed a few more guards on duty, I think, because those slayers, man, they don't. <laughs> right? It's just like they it wasn't just start, much of a match. No, they just start. To be fair, the laser, the uh, slayers have uh, laser spear muskets. That's true. There's like yeah, one guy who's like the guard at the door. You just see him get shot, and he's just like he's got a sword. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not sporting. That's not sporting. Not cool, beast. Not cool. <laughs> Patented beast. Typical. <laughs> Classic beast. <laughs> Crashes the party. <laughs> Starts killing the hell out of everybody. Uh, he runs off with the bride. He does. <laughs> Kills the kings, the two kings. What a dick. <laughs> There's that part where like uh, the, the they try to get the bride, the, the princess out, and the one guy is fighting, and she throws him a sword, and he's doing a pretty good job, and they get shot in the back by a beat, like one of the slayers. <laughs> And I'm like, I get it. I mean, it's not wrong. They aren't there to be playing fair. <laughs> but it's like... Still, though. That guy. That poor guy. <laughs> He's trying so, so hard. <laughs> so they kidnap the princess. They knock out They knock out the prince. Here's what I thought. It's funny. I was talking about, like, you know, they carry the princess there, like, riding out just, and, like, all the beasts, all the slayers, like, ah! 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, guys, just like your end zone dance, you can't make it too elaborate. <laughs> Act like you've been there before. <laughs> just march out quietly and be like, yeah, of course we got the princess. Yeah. yeah. Now you guys look like assholes. Yeah. Now you look like, well, now I can beat you because you clearly aren't used to winning. <laughs> So they drag her back to the dark fortress. Cubris. Downfall of the Slayers. <laughs> they told me you guys look like jerks. <laughs> <laughs> then we meet the uh the the elder, who's really not that much older than like the other characters that were old. No. He's got gray hair, I guess. <laughs> Weird mustache. Played by Freddie Jones? Is that what we uh, Yeah. He helps the prince. He cures him with some magical stuff because he's learned. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, pre chewed. <laughs> Anti Slayer. Uh, uh, double bubble. Double bubble. <laughs> <laughs> he's really just old. He just does whatever he wants. <laughs> and people are just like. He's, he's over 40. He must that's right. Some that's right. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> So what you want to do with that is you want to tear off tree bark, chew on it for an hour, yeah. and stick it up your nose. Put a little Caesar dressing on it. <laughs> Shove it right into the wound. <laughs> and they do it, and you're like, what are you doing it? Crazy. <laughs> Just tell them anything. <laughs> oh, you don't you, you have trouble walking? You get punched in the gut a couple times. That'll that'll help you out. <laughs> Everybody's dead in the castle. Yeah. And again, there's no reinforcements. I don't know why they wanted to band together because they, they right. just kind of collapsed. I mean, I get it. And again, it's kind of... This is where the movie could have just something as simple as said, like, uh, we need to get the army together. And he's like, well, the, and then somebody comes in and general's like, the armies are fighting in this plane and that plane or over sure. this front. We can't spare it, your highness. And he's like, well, then I have to go rescue the princess on my own. I think it would have been smart to spend right. maybe two minutes... Right. Developing that just a, right. just a hair. That's the extended <laughs> three hours director's cut. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're Peter, engaged on all fronts with the Slayers. Peter Jackson's crawl. There's <laughs> a lot more walking in that There's one. There's a lot more walking in that one. Uh, uh, more dwarf songs. You get a lot more Slayer songs. You know, the thing that's wrong in this movie is you don't really get a sense of Slayer culture. Yeah, weird love story between the Cyclops and... <laughs> Some elf. <laughs> I'm into that man. <laughs> so Slayer culture. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing space poker. Space poker. <laughs> space goldfish. Do you have any space threes? Space goldfish. <laughs> Oh, he got the grab lock. <laughs> you know, you never see the Slayers. I have a feeling that, like, like they're just sitting around in some room in the in the castle. Yeah, some room that looks like a stomach. Yes. <laughs> or about how maybe they're just a big, since they're those worm things, maybe it's just a big, like, bowl, a giant terrarium bowl, or something. Terrarium. <laughs> The beast just like pulls them out, is like throws them in the body, and they're just like, okay. I love when they die. It's like, it's like, come on, drama queen. 
<laughs> uh, Have some dignity. <laughs> Stormtroopers just die. They don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> so then they go to retrieve the glaive. Yeah. It's uh, on, up on top of a mountain. In a lava cave. Not unlike Mount Doom. <laughs> well, you know, volcanoes always have cool stuff. Sure. He's got to juke some rocks. Yes. Uh, and he has to go alone because rules. This part is kind of weird. Maybe I missed the the old man's description. But he just goes up there and sticks his hand into the lava. Pulls out the glaive. <laughs> pulls out the glaive. The, the blade's fall. I love where he pulls it out and he's got... Here's the part where it's like, this guy, I like this guy. He's a fine actor. But like when he looks like he's entranced by the glaive, it's almost like he's high. I'm kind of worried about him, man. Like he's, the glaive's taking over his soul. He's like, ooh. It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. Then the knives pop out. And I was like, man, good thing you were holding that the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. The McGrath one went through his paw. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold a glaive like that. <laughs> it's the first time you've seen a glaive. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't run with a glaive. <laughs> Thought you were a prince or some shit. <laughs> Standard glaive handling. Yeah. What are they teaching you? Goobus and Gallant. Goobus holds a glaive like this. <laughs> Gallant never uses the glaive until it's time. <laughs> and this is the part where the, the elder's like, well, don't use it yet. <laughs> Well, when do I use it? You'll know when it's time. Well, I think it's time. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's good because if he was using too much, he might have like killed all those bandits immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to stretch. <laughs> An alternate universe where kill, he's just killing like, wah, wah, wah. It's hard to stretch six layers when you kill three at a time with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I think we cut to the princess here. Yeah, this part. This part. Yeah, where she's standing in the eye, yes, <laughs> shaped viewing port, and the beast is talking to her. <laughs> I like that. A lot of times you don't see the beast really. You never see him really focused. Yeah. Now you still see him more focused than like in Sunshine, but I also like the idea that you. I like you here. It's intentional because you still kind of see him, but also he's 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 clearly supposed to be kind of otherworldly. He's not. Right. He's not really a person. He's not just some guy that's blurry. No, he's a he's a he's a <laughs> magical force. Yeah. Because the closer you get to like when he takes on the form of the form of the prince, then he looks like a person. But even then, you can you see him somewhat clearly at the end. Yeah. So, in the in the fight at the end. Yeah, but even then, he's still far away from him. He's never like yes. he's, he's he's big. He's still. He, like, he is of monstrous right. monstrous aspect. Right. And. Uh, uh, Here's the thing in this movie I thought is weird is like they'll cut to him like talking to you for a minute. He's like, you can live here wherever you like. <laughs> then she runs off. Then they cut to them doing stuff and the, you know, walking around. And then they come back to her again. She's still walking around and it's just like, how's it going? And it's like, <laughs> did she just wander around for like eight hours in the castle? And the beast is kind of like, well, I don't know what to say. Maybe that didn't go very well. I should try this again. <laughs> what do you, what do you think I should do, Slayer? Well, you can try shooting it with your magic spear. Stop it. You're not helping. It's like looking up lions on the internet. <laughs> hey, uh, you ever like, uh, aren't these castles of bone phony? 
<laughs> but I like the idea that yeah, this uh, castle's such a boner factory. I like the idea that the beast he he really isn't good with people stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that he kidnapped the princess in the first place. <laughs> well, you know, I think the idea is that there's supposed to be also be that, you know, the prophecy about like that they have a family that, that will rule the galaxy or whatever, but also I guess they just don't talk about it much. No. And again, an extended Peter Jackson cut will have a much larger. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll have some uh, some early scenes of him looking into his crystal ball. Being like, ooh. <laughs> What's all this then? <laughs> Got to have it. What do you think, Slayers? I should have worn the spear. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're Slayers. They're really good at one thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Thinking lasers. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that part's kind of weird because it's just like you're trying to figure, like, just shoot one scene. I don't even, but it's weird that they shoot it and keep dividing it because it's more like, I, you're right. I picture the beast and I'm like, join me. And she runs off and he's like, stupid, stupid. That's the wrong two. Gotta do it. Gotta do it better. Come on. Come on. I gotta think about it. I gotta think about it. Eight hours. I got eight hours to think about this. I got cool. She's gonna take a nap. She'll forget about it. I have to think about that. Um, peacocking. I should have some kind of necklace on. Next time he shows up wearing a fuzzy hat. <laughs> hey, uh, what's like, going on here? <laughs> you you want to grab a coffee? <laughs> uh, they stop at a pond or something and find the the shapeshifter. Yeah, the shapeshifter shows up. What's interesting? You're the, the shapeshifter. The he only he appears once as like like that comet, that shooting star thing. Yeah, and then after that, he's always an animal. Yeah, they never talk about that again. <laughs> yeah, which is fine, because he's clearly not great at magic. He's clearly got, like, like he's, he carries those spells around in his pockets to lead. And I like that idea that he's he's sort of the orco of uh, this world. Right. You know? uh, except that orco, orco, as everyone knows, was actually a great wizard in his own dimension. But Earth, ma the Eternian magic, Work differently, and that's why he had trouble there. Oh, right. So we're clear on that. Orko okay. was not an incompetent buffoon. He was just working with different things. Fish out of water, right? If you will, right. You go somewhere else, and the gravity's different. Good luck. <laughs> but this guy's kind of like I feel like this guy is is uh, if he applied himself properly, he could be a pretty cool wizard. It's like shape changing wizard, but. Yeah, he's he's more in love with the idea of being a wizard. Ooh, yeah. Huh? Ooh, he goes around calling himself uh, Ergo the Magnificent. That's right. He's got a whole spiel. <laughs> he's working too hard. <laughs> the Beast doesn't do that. Long the thing. Beast just shows up. Who are you? I'm the Beast. <laughs> do you have a spiel? No, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Here's my spiel: laser spears. <laughs> By the way, if there's not a band out there called The Beast and, Slay and the Slayers, there should be. <laughs> Do you play an instrument? One day I will play guitar. <laughs> I'm excited. Good enough. <laughs> then I'll start my band, The Beast and the Slayers. I'll get a guitar and a jug and a tambourine. Like, oh boy. <laughs> I always say about guitar like it's a big dream of mine, and it is. But guitars aren't that expensive. I just haven't ever bought one. Yeah. Do you actually play piano? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> you start with guitar. 
does have less keys. Does it? Oh, well, that makes it even easier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's not like a grand piano. I, I just picture, <laughs> and I don't know if I said this joke before. This is not a joke, by the way. This is actually, I just want to learn uh, uh, Iran by Flock of Seagulls. I'm playing on my guitar and play that over and over again. They'll be like, that was pretty good. Can you, what? You guys want to hear something else? Oh, that same song. <laughs> <laughs> and I run. Run so one day. One day. Uh, it's a good song. It is a good song. Uh, and then we, so then they team up with him. He, they, by this is the introduction of Cyclops, too. We, we get to see the Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, Rem, Ren. Uh, which is a pretty good makeup effect. Yeah, I like I like the Cyclops. Um, don't know and, what his deal is yet. Yeah, we don't know his deal yet. Ominous. Um, is he friend or foe? <laughs> He's probably friend. There's a bit here about Ergo stealing a pie. <laughs> I love the idea of like, yeah, <laughs> we needed a pie because he's on like windowsill. He's like a <laughs> story at least. <laughs> he's a he's a wizard with small ambition. Yeah. I just want a pie. <laughs> you can't just leave a delicious pie out on the windowsill. That's right. Uh, I expect it not to disappear. And I like that our heroes are immediately like, oh, our comic relief is here. <laughs> I'm cool with that guy. Seems very functional. Like functional well, comic relief, right? Well, I mean, he does. He here's the thing: comic relief is always tricky. To me, it works fine. Now, in this case, he's even functional. He even like like this. It's the difference between like Jar Jar Binks and C three PO. C three PO mostly complains, mostly you know, but he's a functional member of the the gang, right? Jar Jar Binks is just goofy and not very effective in any situation. Like, you don't want C-3PO to, to fight with you. But there's plenty of situations where you want C-3PO around. And uh, Ergo the Mighty, yeah, he's not like a powerful wizard, but he's not in your way. There's, there's no scene where he's in somebody's way. And he's actually effective when he needs to be. Yeah, he's useful a couple yeah, times. Yeah, That's all you gotta be. Just pitch it a couple <laughs> times, right? Don't get in the way, pitch it a couple times. That's true. I mean, if you're a complete idiot, you would start to wonder why he's there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's like, I said that, like, uh, like even though I think Jar Jar gets unfairly maligned in the Star Wars movies, because basically prequels aren't very good anyway, I, I know it's a shocking opinion, um, but um, the thing about him is, like, in particular, I remember, I watched the first episode one, and I remember watching the scene where the, the Gungans are fighting, and the Gungans are fighting the battle droids, it's a good fight, but every time Jar Jar shows up, he's just goofing around, and not only is that not very funny because it's kind of it's like like the Ewoks weren't goofing around. Ewoks were there to fight. Yeah, you know. But it's also really hard to like. I don't mind if you have a goofy character doing goofy stuff, but you know, also we're having like uh, Qui Gon Jinn dying over here. I'm supposed to laugh now. I just saw this character die. That's supposed to be important. Yeah, it crosses a line into like sociopathy. Right. It's point. weird because it's like I know that that scene's different, but it's still going on at the same time. There was a theory. Um that clearly wasn't the case, but that uh, Jar Jar Banks would have been the Sith Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would have been brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> because that would have... Uh, it, it was. It is kind of jarring in the first movie. Yeah. And the second movie where he shows up as a senator is, doesn't make any sense either, but him being a Sith Lord would have turned that into a It's actually pretty strong. I don't usually like fan theories, but it's pretty strong because they even show stuff where it's like, 
you should get you pretty sexy, yeah? And like <laughs> like the young Anakin, he says it and he even like waves his hand and it's like, is that like him doing a mind trick on Anakin? Yeah. Stuff like that. There's a lot of cool stuff that it's like, I know it's not real, but but that's the difference is like, like, but that's one of the things that, that's why Jar Jar doesn't work, say, just compared to like C-3PO, R2-D2. R2-D2 is not going to fight for you. C-3PO is not going to fight for you. Right. Uh, but they're still really functional characters. And Ergo is the same way. Nobody in this movie is just the, the load. Even the boy is not a load. He's in a functional character. Right. Kind of like Indiana Jones, short round. Short round's like the scrappy kid, but he really is a functional. You want that kid on your side. Yeah, everybody has a skill. That they right. Use. Even if it's just pluckiness and determination. <laughs> sure. That counts. Yep. Bumbling is not a skill. Because even if it's like... Oh, that's fun. You're still like, well, why would they? They they don't. They're not watching a movie. They're just stuck with this guy, <laughs> right? It's Who's their, gonna go like? It's their unending nightmare. <laughs> it'd be like, oh, we're gonna go kill the beast, and we've got this idiot with us. <laughs> but we can't leave him behind. Yeah, we can. Let's leave him behind. <laughs> we're literally safer here out on the hillside. <laughs> we're literally fighting the most powerful monster in the universe. Leave the idiot. <laughs> You'd be that guy in the party. I would be that guy. <laughs> Jerry has got to go. <laughs> well, it's like the same way when you're talking, you see some of those stories and the, the guy's on the back end. He's clearly the most evil guy. Like, yeah. scheming guy. And you're like, oh, he'd never betray us. Like, yes, he would. What are you talking about? Yes, he's like looking at you with his hands, <laughs> yes, steepled. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go this way. <laughs> Okay, that guy's not going with that guy. That was a weird laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so we need the bandits. Yes. Which introduces Liam Neeson and Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, boy. Uh, the eloquent bandits, I must say. <laughs> yes. Uh, again, you can tell the eloquent ones because they're all the ones that talk. The other ones just stand around <laughs> going like, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> First to die. Um, but I like I liked the scene, actually. Uh, because he's kind of like the, I do like the idea that the prince is like literally, hey, I need guys. Here's some desperate guys. I can use these guys. Yeah. And I think that totally fits with the story. Yeah. And, uh, and also I think their direction is pretty solid. I like. I feel like this is one of the more developed scenes. I do agree. Um, with the bandits just because they spend enough time on it. <laughs> right. So, and, I, and I like the idea is like. Uh, like the one guy volunteers, he's the first guy to volunteer, and he just takes off his manacles, and the other guy's like, oh, I'm going to leave mine on until this is over. Uh, but yeah, I like it. He's like got it. honor in his heart. <laughs> he doesn't trust him. He's still like, I don't trust this guy, but whatever. Um, well, so anyway, he's, he's gathered his merry band. <laughs> that's right. It's of, like, of, uh, wait, wait a minute. Is it an unlikely band of heroes? <laughs> What a subversion! I thought I was going to be a likely band of heroes. <laughs> no, those guys are all dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that time I saw Jurassic World and I was like, I think things are going to go bad in this dinosaur park. <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> what if we took a T-Rex, made it really mean <laughs> and invisible? <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> me and play God. <laughs> That's why science and carnival rides should never go together. I think my favorite part of Jurassic World is that the regular T Rex felt like he had to prove he was cool. 
by saving everybody. That's right. He's like, <laughs> like we're not so bad guys. He should have came out. She, I think it's supposed to be she, whatever. She, she, he should have come out and gone like, screw you guys. You replaced me. I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're getting eaten. <laughs> See what happens? See what happens? <laughs> me, I don't turn invisible. You would at least have a chance. <laughs> you used to be cool, man. Here's the thing, that scene is completely preposterous in Jurassic World, and I don't care because I'm there for, I, like, dinosaurs <laughs> fighting, all right. Well, the you visuals know. are great. <laughs> Even though, yeah, it's like, yeah, the raptor and the Tyrannosaurus team up against the other dinosaur because reasons. <laughs> and then the other dinosaur eats the, spoiler alert. <laughs> and I'm like, why is it doing that? They all just hate that guy, new guy. Yeah. It's, you know what? They, you know, they cut out the extended cut where you see the the uh, celebrity gossip. The new guy thinks he's so hot. Shit. <laughs> Turns visible. Part raptor. There's a cut scene where the <laughs> the new T-Rex like slaps a hat off the old T-Rex's head. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just goes, oh. He comes with his tiny arms. And tries to shake hands. He does that. That. That motion that people do, and, and the new T Rex, the old T Rex is like, slow. Oh man! And then you see all the like tourists are all laughing. <laughs> they used to love me, man. <laughs> I walked out of that movie thinking that I'd seen something really good. <laughs> Until I, the more I thought about it, the less I was like that. That. Uh, <laughs> I walked out of the movie thinking it was good, not great, but I thought it was good. And then you're right, the more I thought about it, the more I realized. And then there's some really interesting pieces that talk about, especially how it treats the, in particular, the uh, woman. How it treats her story-wise is really interesting. Um, It does have, I I got really annoyed too, because there's that cool scene, like in the trailer where he's on the bike and the the raptors are with him. It's like, oh, you could do so much of that, but immediately you just throw it aside to have the raptors hunt people. And I was like, (laughs) oh, you, you cheated me. I mean, yeah, at the end they fight, but, and it's like, that's okay. It, that gives the movie goes from okay to good because I enjoy anything times dinosaurs fight. I can't help it. It's like uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Deeply flawed movie. Deeply flawed. Um, but then there's that part where King Kong fights three Tyrannosauruses and I, <laughs> who are, for no good reason, trying to eat one little morsel of Lady Don't know why. It's like if Scott was it like was a teriyaki flavor or something. Right. Like. If I'm like eating a Cheeto and Scott comes over and is like, give me that Cheeto. I'm like, no, you can't have this Cheeto. Then three of his friends to his friend show and go, like, we want that Cheeto too. And like, guys, <laughs> even if I give you this Cheeto, it's not gonna be worth much. <laughs> it's like a split three ways. <laughs> and I'm gonna fight you still. <laughs> we really want that Cheeto. <laughs> so that particular Cheeto. <laughs> so that part is ridiculous in the movie. But I just, I just love it. Like, like, I would have, I think I would, I watched uh, King Kong on a DVD and my girlfriend at the time made me watch the whole thing. I was like, I'm just going to skip to the cool stuff. <laughs> She's like, no, we have to watch the whole thing. I was like, oh my God. All right. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. And then I watch it. I was like, it's like, this is taking forever. Why do I care? This is boring ship stuff. You know how long it takes them to get on the ship in the original King Kong? 10 minutes. Maybe five minutes. And then I'm like, and then I remember I was like, oh my god, this is so stupid. This movie's so boring. Oh, oh, oh that's awesome. They're fighting. Oh, oh this is stupid. It's boring now. I would have loved that movie if I had just cut out the Ailey Martinez cut, which is 
King Kong fights the dinosaurs, the end. That's why I got like Kong Skull Island a lot better because it's like when King Kong shows up, he's ready to punch something. Hmm. I haven't seen that one yet. Kong Skull Island? It was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It, there was also scenes with the people that I thought were... I thought the people seen... The, the Jackson Kong... Like there's the dinosaur ramp, the dinosaur stampede scene. I don't know if you remember that. Have you have you seen that Jackson's Kong? Yeah. Like I didn't like that scene at all because it's too CGI. Like I don't mind CGI, but it's CGI in the sense that it doesn't. It feels like they're not really being chased by dinosaurs. There's so much going on that it doesn't work. Yeah, that was that happened in a lot of movies in that right. period. Right, and then there's the whole pit scene, which is stupid because it's just like this is boring sure. and it's even paced badly. But. uh Kong Skull Island, like, is the sort of classic thing about... It's like the classic Kong. There's You go to an island, it's full of monsters and weird stuff, and you're trying to survive. Um, so there's a lot of cool monsters that they have in it, and Kong fights some cool monsters. And, and while I love CGI monster fights, and I realize that because, one, they're not real, so you can direct them in certain ways. And if you do it well, you don't have to use stunt doubles. So you can actually follow the action without getting tricky. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, in real life, you shoot something, you need, you need stunt doubles. Right. But like in Kong Skull Island, there's like, like there's a part where he's like fighting and like he slams his try to slam his elbow into like the monster's face and it moves and he slams his elbow into like a rock and it just looks like so painful. <laughs> and I'm like, that'd be really hard to shoot. Um, and it's the one reason like like I love Pacific Rim is Pacific Rim has shots where like I can follow a punch because it doesn't have to cut because it's <laughs> it's like a CGI robot fighting another CGI. In, in in detail you can follow yeah it gets better every year and i'm always excited to see um, yeah like what kind of tweaks they've made yeah um so i definitely do want to check out skull island yeah i, I so i i was like so that's why in in, in uh what was i talking about dinosaur oh we're talking about <laughs> jurassic world oh yeah yeah no but the difference is kong skull island i really liked and the more i watch i watched it twice and i liked it more each time you're right. Jurassic World. I watched once, and after I was thought about, I was like, nah, I really didn't like that that much. Nah, I didn't like that that much. It's not a good movie. It had good CGI bits, I think. Had good actors and good actors who are tricking you. <laughs> right. There's a real interesting. Um. Uh, uh. Uh. Again, this is a diversion, but I love this idea because there's a real interesting series of videos. Uh. uh this woman uh, is doing on YouTube called. Uh, and her name, I think she goes under Shay Lindsay. Um. There. The sections of the Transformers movies, the live-action Transformers movies. And she talks about, like, different elements of film school and different elements of the thematic. Because she's like, these movies make a billion dollars. Let's talk about them. Sure. And she talked about how the camera controls everything, even when you, like, and she has a really good argument that the only interesting character in all the Transformers movies is Michaela, played by Megan Fox. But that the reason you don't realize that is because the camera treats her like a piece of meat. And it treats, like, the other characters like they're important. But they don't actually have story arcs or function or do anything interesting. She's the only one who has any kind of character, any kind of motivation. Any, but because the camera presents her as, as like a piece of meat. And the script doesn't, but the camera does. We see that. And I hmm. think the same way, like, it's like you see actors do that. Where like, like I, I love Chris Pratt. I think he's a good actor. But like, when it works well, like in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a good script behind him. And he makes that character even more like him. I yeah. think in Jurassic World... There's an okay script, and he makes you forget. He does. <laughs> he does. He delivers, all his lines in that movie are solid. Right. You're like, oh, I like him. <laughs> yeah. You don't like, wait a minute, that's kind of a stupid scene. Oh, he's nice. <laughs> the, 
Chris Pratt. Right. And I think I, <laughs> look at him control the Raptors. Right. It's like that's kind of a dumb. Oh, but look how cool he is. You know, and it makes you realize. Um, and that was a, there was also a, a article I read one time, and it was talking about how but J J Abrams' biggest power as a director producer is he's great at casting. He knows exactly who to cast. Now he didn't hmm. do Jurassic World, but I'm just saying like like. I'm thinking about like the Star Wars, like uh, Star Rogue, Trek? uh, what's the new Star Wars one? Uh, Force Awakens. Oh yeah, Force Awakens. I don't have really strong opinions on either way, but the thing that's right about Force Awakens is every actor is the right actor to fill those slots, and and they bring the right energy and the right personality. Yeah, the actors are great. In that. Right, and you can control so much. You'll be like, ah, oh, that wasn't that great. Well, I don't like him so. Oh. <laughs> and it's like Darth Vader's a great like. That's one like even poor like like. People are like, oh, well, uh, the prequels ruined Darth Vader. Well, no, the lack of a mask ruined Darth Vader. Because Darth Vader shows up, he's got great presence, the camera makes him look awesome. And then you meet him when he's a young punk, and it's like, well, the camera doesn't make him look awesome. And the actors, there's nothing wrong with he's not a bad actor, but he doesn't have that presence. Yeah, and I think they could go interesting places with that. Mm -hmm. They're probably not going to. No, it's <laughs> tricky. It's tricky. It's, it is an interesting reversal of right. the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, I agree about the camera stuff. I think it's really interesting to think about what's going to happen if like VR starts becoming popular and directors lose that ability to focus your eye. You know, I think it's going to be the biggest obstacle of it. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever really, I mean, you can't ever do the future, but to me, it's kind of like, it'll be different. The direction is really probably. important. You've got to have that kind of control. Yeah. I mean, as a writer, for example, it's a little different because I nobody's looking right. I want them to look, <laughs> but you still have the word choices and, and the and the way you write, and that controls how people interpret the scene. And it's one of the things I think that beginning writers tend to have a problem with that. They tend to think like I'm just going to write the scene, and they write it very straightforward. And you're like, no, I'm not getting a sense of the tone here. Uh, and as you develop the skill, you do it. And you're right. The VR thing will be interesting because how do you control that? Because like everything in this movie, like in Kroll. Like the, that's why you have the music where it's like da 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 da, da. and you're like, yeah, I'm excited. It was totally different. It was like they're on the fire style. It was like right. You're like, I don't feel like this is a grand adventure. Chakabo music from Final Fantasy. Well, so if you ever played Half Life, they'll. They have some kind of those those narrative bits in there yeah. where you still have free control of your character, but they'll drop hints, right? The, yeah. The characters next to you are looking up at something. Yes. <laughs> or you hear a sound before some something unfolds in a specific part of the map. Right. If you that'll that'll be a a big there's a, a old PlayStation game called War of the Monsters, which as I like to point out, I like when things fight other things. <laughs> so in it, the theme was. These giant, you're a giant monster, and you would fight other giant monsters. Mm -hmm. It's a great, oh, it was such a great game. Like it was free roaming, and you had the cityscape, and you could smash buildings and pick up cars and catch cars and throw them and shock people. Cool monsters. But one of the things I loved that most interesting about it was it had a reactive soundtrack. So like if you were playing and the monsters weren't in it, like you weren't, you were start kind of catching your energy and getting ready to attack again. The music would get like. Da -da 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 then as soon as like you start fighting, you get excited. Dun, 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 dun. And then like if you if you hit somebody hard enough and send them flying, like it would go bah, 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 and it would react. And it, and you didn't notice it at first. That's like music. And then afterwards, I I played it so much. I played it so long 
that I got to the point that I was just like, I could sense the music and it was, it's, it's had such control over you uh, that it was such an interesting aspect of, of how it affected your mood without realizing it. And again, the music was there to tell you, this is exciting. And you're yeah, like, oh yeah, it's exciting. Right. But there's, there's some decent mu- music cues in the crawl. Yeah. Used appropriately. Yes. Uh, so in Jurassic World too, I'm sure. <laughs> they were there. The, they the were. script the script was was not there. Everything else was there <laughs> to fool you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a well directed. Right. It's a well directed mediocre movie. Yes. I agree. Uh I wrote down Cyclops pumped for some reason. <laughs> well that's because we met this we meet the Cyclops after he subs Ergo. <laughs> and then he's like uh the the guy, Elder, tells about the Cyclops that they had their two eyes. Uh, they had to yeah. give one away. <laughs> To the beast to see the future and the beast tricked them so that they could only see the time of their own death which i was like why would he do that and it's like he's because he's, he's punking him <laughs> you got punked look at your dumb face like, one eye <laughs> like why would you do that what is he getting out of it like i don't understand it's like he got a bunch of eyeballs he's sitting around going i don't know what to do with these now <laughs> you just throw them out oh, it seems like a waste the Beast is galactic Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they, go, they go find the seer. Murdered all your guards. <laughs> Ruined your wedding. Uh, yeah, so they go find the seer who is an actual old man. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's actually an old man who's blind. I like the, the blind seer. That's cool. And this is that cool sequence where... Uh, he uh, does the seeing crystal, and it's like forming the sort of hologram of the castle. Yeah. And then the beast's claw appears out of nowhere and smashes the crystal, <laughs> and it's kind of like, no. no. I mean, I'm going to call it the Space Palantir. The what? The Space Palantir. <laughs> <laughs> like, the beast is like, no. Look, I didn't get this far. <laughs> can't just dial up a scryer. You can't just scry me, son. Right. Well, I mean, it gets to make sense. Otherwise, I mean, because you got to go. He's got a lot of planets. You know, there's going to be seers everywhere. Sure. Can't just be that easy. Otherwise, someone would have figured it out. This isn't the beast's first time at the rodeo. No. And Ergo and the kid meet, and that has a nice scene. I like that. I like that it takes time. Er- to... Ergo proves to be more childish. I like that idea. The yeah. Child. <laughs> the kid. Yeah. But still not too childish, which is important. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, this is the part where they had to go to the temple or whatever they're going the temple through the of swamp point in the swamp land <laughs> yeah. which i like that I, this is the part where i said that about swamp and desert in this planet it's not very realistic <laughs> eat your heart out star wars <laughs> <laughs> they're covering the same terrain in one planet that star wars took three to do <laughs> that's right they even had the ice part I mean, they don't go to the ice part <laughs> But the castle goes to the ice part. Yep. You see snow. That's right. <laughs> so somebody dies in the quicksand. Some right. Red, some the quicksand shirt. came first, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guy X dies in the quicksand. Bandit number two. Bandit number two. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they try to save him. They did that. Takes uh, him a while to die. <laughs> yeah. So that's a hard way to go, man. Just shoot me, please, Slayer. And I'm told he does a wily coyote. Coyote. Oh yeah, yeah. Move. His head comes up once. It should come up three times. 
like after the second time, you're like, okay, you're rubbing it in. Just go away. We get it. We get it. We get it. Uh, and then they get jumped by Slayers. Yeah. Which is a cool scene where the Slayers come out of the water. They must have shot that in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. And the Slayers come out of the water, and I like that uh, dramatic entrance. Kill another bandit. Just shoot him right dead. Not that guy! <laughs> guy X! Uh, and they have a fight, and the glaive doesn't come out. Because he's forgotten about the glaive. He's forgotten about... That's the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> this should be the end of the movie. <laughs> when did you use that glaive earlier? <laughs> that last scene where he pulls it out, it should be like, oh shit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the glaive. <laughs> the MacGuffin, have, the magical item I have. The uh, the bandit army makes a good account of themselves. Yes, they yeah, fight, off, they're they're fight good. off the slayers. Yeah, they fight <laughs> off the slayers. I love, and this is the scene I like where you have the uh, the lone slayer, <laughs> and he's being surrounded. Yeah, that's then, the one they torture with cigarettes. <laughs> it's all off screen. They start calling names. <laughs> yeah. Gonna cry, Slayer. Gonna cry. No, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> what now, butt face? <laughs> Classic line. <laughs> Classic heroic line. <laughs> I think that was originally in The Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then also... I'm sure that was in the more PG-13 ass face. <laughs> well, back then it was a different era. You had to be sure. careful about language. Then they have the... Uh, this is where the seer gets, repl- gets replaced. Yeah. The ki- he kills him. Kills him. And then that, that was the whole thing. The whole fight was just... Well, I mean, Beast of the League could complain if the that Slayers killed the prince, but he also has a backup plan. <laughs> sure. And, uh, we thought it'd be funny to replace the seer. I'm doing an Alan Funt impersonation, by the way. Nobody knows my candid camera Alan Funt impersonation, but whatever. I sure don't. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the, the story is pretty straightforward. The, the fake seer comes back. He's like, um, Corwin, let's, let's walk over here well, for a minute. I do like the part where he's going to try to kill him. And then the, the, uh, the lead bandits like, oh, let me guide the seer for a while. And there's that cool shot of like the seer like has to pretend like he's blind, so he's holding the bandit's shoulder, and he opens his eyes, and he's got like the black eyes. And yeah. he's just like, oh, son of a bitch, man. Sometimes you can't catch a break. And uh, yeah, then they they but the cyclops sees the body. Yeah. Duex cyclops in a. <laughs> Saves comes, the day. <laughs> comes running over and totally spears the hell out of that guy. I like the it's, scene where he's running through the swamp. There's yeah. Some, uh, some, some urgency to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get that sense. It's like, oh, this is, this is going to go bad. <laughs> and also, I like the, um, when this, the, the, the doppelganger dies. Oh, that's yeah. gruesome. I don't know why that's the most horrible death in the movie. <laughs> well, because it's just like, <laughs> and he keeps focusing on it. <laughs> And that special effect thing is like melting. Yeah, his prosthetics getting progressively burned and, on one and side. And then when he like melts to the ground, like his cloak and everything sucks into the earth. Ooh. This Cyclops saves their ass a lot of times, by the way. You know, I'm going to go on record. Play of the game. <laughs> MVP right there. I should have a replay where I can draw a little circle. The line. <laughs> Here's what you want. Here's where the, Slayer, the Beast made its fatal mistake. Here's where the Cyclops is going to charge through this doorway. (laughs) (laughs) And really make this play. He's going to make it. Uh, So then they have to come up with their new uh, plan. 
see the widow of the web. Not not something that's been mentioned before, but um, there's a lot of seers all over the place. Yeah, there's seers around. <laughs> yes, and I like her. She's like, uh, I like this. I like the sequence in the sense that it's it, it reminds me almost like classical mythology. It feels a little bit like the Iliad or something. Yeah, there's like this lady. She's people tra- just know. Yeah, <laughs> well, like we just go here. You don't mess with the widow. That's true. <laughs> She'll kill you. But she there's, knows stuff. <laughs> there's a cave where a lady knows a lot. Unfortunately, there's a giant spider that lives in there, too. You can get in if you, if you talk her into it, but you can't leave. Yeah, this is just common knowledge in right. the Kroll era. I just accept it. I like that you're like, well, maybe I can. And then you're like, maybe I can leave. No, no, you can't leave. Oh, maybe I think I can. I might be able to. <laughs> Give it a shot, man. <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> So the elder sneaks in there, and this is where we get the hint of another village. Yeah. Because they mention the village, <laughs> and they have some other people show up. Late one of Liam Neeson's wives. One of his many wives. Yes. I like this scene because, again, the theme here about love, it's a little girly, but uh, <laughs> the beast is trying to uh, show the princess he should have pre-screened this, by the way, before he, like, seen the results. And then, like, oh, never mind. He's, he's doing it. I'm not going to show you. Never mind. Yeah, talk about this it. is the uh, a trial of desire That's seduction right. for the hero. Yes. <laughs> and I like that she's, like, the, yeah, the woman's trying to tempt him. And he's just like, well, he'll either betray you or he'll die. <laughs> and then she, falls, she can't do it. Even the monster lady can't kill him <laughs> because he's, he's too dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> I think she actually says in the last hour I've fallen in love with you you know here's the thing and you're chiseled princely features. I gotta figure like she hasn't seen a lot of that in her particular job she probably does this a lot where she's like oh I'm gonna go tempt him and then the guy's like yeah totally man I'll do that <laughs> you know what I mean it's like <laughs> she's like no I don't I don't want to do that I mean you're cool well, cool, but you know, you need to relax. That's it's like, wow, this guy's weird. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's what she tells herself to feel better about herself. Well, maybe when you're on crawl and uh, it's, it's all bandits, <laughs> bandits as far as the eye can see, <laughs> bandits and unseen villages. You grab your chances when they come along. That's right. <laughs> and I like that, uh, yeah, it totally backfires on the beast. Ooh. <laughs> Because he doesn't understand the human heart. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't, and that's interesting because never once in the movie does he actually, like, he tries to win her over, but he's always winning her over by, like, look, you can go the galaxy with me, it'll be awesome, I can take any form you want, but he never says, like, I care for you. Right. Yeah, because that's not. He sees her as a prize to be won. Right, right. Let that be a lesson for you. Yes. He's a typical. Uh, at home. <laughs> he's like a. Uh, He's going to go after the end of the movie. He, he somehow he lives and he goes to his blog to talk about how all these uptight chicks his won't blog. date him. <laughs> his blog. Space blog. I tried everything, man. These bitches be tripping. <laughs> I tried everything. Did you try actually caring for her? What, man? <laughs> I tried talking to her about her feelings. Whatever, man. I'm a man. I don't do that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Uh, the elder talks to the widow. I like the yeah. this sequence a lot. I love the uh, this this whole 
I did. There's this place. Everyone's like, you don't go in there because you're just going to get killed by that spider. Yeah, it's an interesting side story. Yeah. Because um, the, the old man's kind of the, um, I want to say the, I think of the wizard's name. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> no. Oh, Gandalf. Yeah, he's the Gandalf of Kroll. <laughs> he's been around forever he like knows everybody right he knows everything <laughs> he's a connecting tissue right so he knows the widow right they have a, a past and i like that uh they explained that out. like it's like hey, this is a thing where this is like just pure magic it's like she <laughs> she killed their kid when he was born because of a broken heart and like almost like cursed by the gods yeah to live here it's very greek actually. right and uh and he he forgives her because he realizes, like, you know, the, the heartbreak. And she, and it's like in that moment of redemption, because she, I can't stop, I can't, I can't let you get out of here, but I can break this glass. Then you can get out of here, but you will also die. So it's his sacrifice and her sacrifice, but it's kind of like them together. Yeah. Um, and again, I like the spider in this because I think it's got some good animation, especially where there's a the part where it seems like it's really annoyed that it can't kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a part where it's kind of like, like when she turns the glass and it kind of stops. It doesn't just freeze. It doesn't freeze. It's literally like, oh man, it's man. Agitated. oh man, come on, <laughs> come on. Daddy wants to eat some wizard. And then when he gets out, like I love that it's like it's upset, but then it turns around and starts like it's gonna kill her. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll kill you. Uh, it's been waiting for this, the justice of the gods. <laughs> Spiders do as spiders. Giant god are. for spiders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good sequence. Yeah. The whole thing feels very Greek. <laughs> that part is very... Because they don't even say, like, she doesn't say, like, the gods cursed me, or she's just, I've just been cursed like this. Yeah. Like, it just happened. It's like... Sometimes you get cursed. That happens, man. <laughs> you violate some sacred oath. Some magic rules or something. Uh, so they've got to go the Iron Desert. He dies. By the way, this is this is another. I don't want to say this is the worst thing in this movie, but another thing I think is interesting in this movie is there's a lot of dramatic, meaningful deaths. Yeah, a lot of people dying in people's arms, <laughs> and they they give speech. You know, like this one is like, don't be sure to use your power wisely. It's like, well, you taught me. It's like he taught you. You barely know this guy. Yeah, I mean, I get it because he's dying. You're not going to say like, yeah, whatever, old man. <laughs> The only thing he taught you was maybe don't throw the thing. <laughs> he taught you use your power wisely, which is like don't use the glaive, which is a stupid lesson. <laughs> but like later on, like when the bandits die, like all the bandits who have important names. Like, Are you okay? Oh, no. It's okay. Go on without me. <laughs> and another one's like, <laughs> For the cause. <laughs> right. It's like uh, you can tell you're important because you got to see it. Otherwise, you just get sucked in the mud at the end. It's <laughs> true. So they have to catch some fire mares. Right. The only animal that could cross a thousand leagues in a day. That's right. <laughs> Tame some fire mares, which they happen to be nearby. Because I thought it would be really inconvenient if it had been like, fire mares could do that. Well, yeah, but they're 2,000 leagues away. We're screwed. <laughs> Can you pull a fire mare out of your ass? Because otherwise that's not helping. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's convention of writing, because otherwise it'd be like, oh, you can't, you're done. You can't do it. Right. <laughs> the end. Logistics, the fantasy novel. 
The announcer comes back, and then the planet was lost. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had the... Oh, guys, I, I left the magic goblet back at the castle. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so they do find the fireman. I mean, the other version of this is it's like, fireman could go a thousand leagues. Yeah, well, we're not going to get one of those, so thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just brainstorming, guys. <laughs> There's no bad ideas. <laughs> oh, jeez. I can run pretty fast, guys. Shut up. <laughs> so, so the movie doesn't end here. <laughs> I would probably not endorse this movie. If that's how it ends. <laughs> I might, actually. That'd be that'd weird. Be, that'd be really interesting. That'd be weird. <laughs> anyway, they find the fire bears. Yes. There's a very long scene where they're just mounting horses. <laughs> right. Uh, which is okay. I like I liked, the horses are pretty cool. Um, and then they mount him. And once they tame the leader, which is as simple as the prince just sitting on his back. And he's like, okay, you're cool. Whatever. Yeah. That's how you break a horse. Right. I'm sure pretty easy. Horses recognize princess. <laughs> Why not? It's cruel <laughs> logic. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, royalty. Ooh, ooh, hey, can I get a selfie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't so, want to bother you, but uh, <laughs> could, so, you, could you sign? That's right. So they sign my bridle. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe it, man. <laughs> totally got to help the prince <laughs> save the princess. <laughs> this is what you've been training for. <laughs> I came to LA and I wasn't expecting anything, but I was kind of hoping. <laughs> you set up a thousand leagues from there, the dark fortress, and your hope. <laughs> Maybe you're going to need me. <laughs> Cor and me were tight. We're like this. <laughs> uh, I like the horse sequence. It's pretty simple, but uh, I like that, like, especially the part where the horses like start riding off, riding off a cliff and they just start flying. Yeah. And uh, it's fun. Get some cool flames for speed. Yeah. Fire. That's why they're fire mares. Because <laughs> otherwise. They run so fast. They run so fast. Uh, too fast, too furious. <laughs> <laughs> you're not in control. You're not in control. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have <laughs> bandits. I have family. <laughs> Live your life core league at a time. <laughs> I'm not even worth trying to think of what I could do with the Dark Fortress. That's all I can do anything with the Dark Fortress. <laughs> so, so they ride to the Dark Fortress. They find it, even though the Iron Desert's, I guess, very small because they find it. They got to get up into it before the sun rises. The sun's rise. There's really only one good spot for a castle in the <laughs> Iron Desert. That's a secret. <laughs> You're like, well, I mean, you're not going to go over there. The, what about that? The view is terrible. <laughs> Let's try Castle Rock in the Iron yeah, Desert. That's right. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Ed. <laughs> Just brainstorming. <laughs> we all know where Castle Rock is. <laughs> so 
They get to the castle. They start storming it. Uh, the beasts. Oh, they leave the Cyclops behind, which yeah. is important because he's got to stay to die. If he doesn't, then he's gonna die. I a guess horrible it's important. Death. <laughs> it is important because he's gonna die a horrible death. Yeah, which is why he's able to storm the castle and and get crushed, but by the time that's why like he gets shot a couple of times and he doesn't die. He'd be dead otherwise. So it's is his willingness to die a horrible death, MVP. <laughs> uh, so they storm the castle. The uh, the slayers shoot a couple shots at him, pot shots at him, but clearly not designed for defense. Yeah, the magical castle. They kill one of the lesser bandits. They kill uh, Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, yeah, and he gets to say his dramatic line. He does get a line. <laughs> yeah, it was worth the journey. Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Just when he sees him, we be like, I should have stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> or he's like, it's like, don't worry, we'll finish it. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, eat you guys. <laughs> eat you guys. <laughs> well, now he's a jerk. I don't feel so bad about him. <laughs> So the Cyclops shows up, helps them get through the castle, he gets crushed, poor guy. He doesn't get to be die like As was his fate. He doesn't get to uh get cradled in somebody's arms. He just gets smooshed. <laughs> Which looks pretty gruesome. Like, oh. They try. Yeah, yeah, they try. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, like never this movie there was like, oh, leave a guy behind. Yeah. They they're 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 heroes that are not trying to like go through their, you know. Like, you know, when that guy falls off the bridge and dies, they don't go for him, but it's too late. I mean, it's like, ah, well, forget it. Like, You're making enough efforts. Right. Not, Let's just cross the bridge. Not like too callous. <laughs> it's all about appearances, I guess. Uh, Liam Neeson dies. Liam Neeson's. No. Yeah, he gets his line. This is as far as I go. <laughs> ah. <laughs> We do get the uh, one of the few scenes I feel like is accidentally lame, accidentally silly, is where the Bandit King rolls and then struggles to get back to his feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that could have been shot better. Just show him rolling and then cut to him like running again and we'd picture the whole sequence in our head. But his roll is kind of like, oh, okay. It feels like, it feels like a stunt that didn't quite work. He rolls onto his ass and then sits there for a minute. Yeah, and then he kind of sits back <laughs> up and the, and the the slayers are like, well, I can't hit a target that's sitting like that. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to stun them with his like shoddy stunt work. I feel like those laser muskets take a long time to reload. They do. Because you can see them like when they're, when they're salting the castle, like they'll shoot. And then you'll see the guy, one of the guys step aside and <laughs> it will come. So those laser muskets, while effective, <laughs> are not... They're fairly consistent about that's why they'll also use swords, yeah, because sure. you gotta you gotta get up close. So there's storm in the castle. There's all kinds of booby trap stuff that we talked about. Um, uh, Ergo gets separated with the boy, turns into a tiger, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good good scene for Ergo. Uh, and then uh, our the bandits get separated because we don't really need them anymore, and they get stuck right. into the. The uh, unnecessary peril room, <laughs> and one of them gets killed because he needs his lucky knife. Ironically, <laughs> with the spikes, and then 
our hero, Prince, finds the princess, cuts her open with the cuts, cuts her open. <laughs> <laughs> I should have read his wound with this glaive. Oh my god, what have I done? She was like that when I got here. The beast killed her. <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell me to practice? <laughs> Curse you, old man. <laughs> and I do like, I wish this, like, the scene is fine, but I wish it was, like, a little more quick. Because it's like where he's sitting there and he's got to, like, hold his arm out, look, and it's like. Zzzz. But it feels like it's taking a long time. And I'm like, you know what? It's a magical item. I'll just say he cuts through. Sure. Really, just go, open. But instead, it's kind of like, and he's got to sit there like holding his arm out. And I'm like, his arm's not going to get tired. That effect must cost money or something. I guess it's supposed to be, like, maybe right, it's supposed need, to be dramatic. We need two minutes of this. I guess. Because uh, it, he cuts her out, and then they get out, and then he kills some more of the Slayers with the glaive. Yeah, I don't know. Freaking it's, glaive. It seems it's unnecessarily. It's a homing long. weapon. <laughs> he can just point at stuff. <laughs> like he could like when they're ambushed in the swamp, it's just like boom, done. <laughs> Let it go there. <laughs> but bandit number three. <laughs> he might have had a wife and kids. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he tortured puppies. That's true. Did you ever think about that? He could have been a jerk. <laughs> Maybe he, maybe he they're not all good bandits. Maybe that was the one they didn't like. <laughs> the problem with crawl is that all the bandits are so damn sweet <laughs> and reasonable. <laughs> They'll like, ambush you and then you know make sure that you got enough <laughs> water for lunch. <laughs> Give us your buddy. Here, I have a sandwich. You're, you're, you're a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a quick back rubs and you're on your way. That's a society I can live with. <laughs> Consider it bandits. Yeah. <laughs> Should be so lucky to get mugged. <laughs> you know, I needed a really good foot massage today. I'm running some bandits. I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we get the beast. Like, again, he, there's that part where he's like, you can't fight him in the center of his castle. And he uses the glaive to just totally smash the center of the castle. Yeah, and this thing's taking down rocks now. Right. It's just like two hits. Not even like it's hard. It's just like <laughs> boo, boo. After it took like five minutes to get through a sheet right. of muslin. <laughs> I don't know the rules for the glaive. Not cool glaive. It was magical. It, it, well. Ribcage material. <laughs> I, most of the stuff in this castle I see was magical. <laughs> I'm willing to go with that. Uh then they, uh, the beast shows up, and that he, he uses the glaive, and they have a little bit of a duel. The beast. And uh, the glaive pretty much kicks his ass at first. Yeah, at first. he's uh, firing like, energy balls. Energy balls out of his mouth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Castlevania boss style. <laughs> That's what this. <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of that. Well, I remember in the in the Crow video game that was one of the, the you you had oh, the, shoot the beast with fight. a fireball. One of the levels you rescue the princess, and the other part you you start shooting fireballs. Nice, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he manages to stab the beast in the heart with the glaive, but it won't come out. Yeah, he's trying to use the force to get it back. That's right. It's just not working. Then when he tries to get it, the beast is still alive. Da -da -da! He changes into his final form. <laughs> which looks just like his first form. 
but now he's angry. Now he's angry. <laughs> you you screwed up my castle, and you stabbed me in the heart. Yeah, all right. Is this what it feels like to get punked? <laughs> Man, <laughs> I've been such a dick. <laughs> the beast is like. Wow, not cool, man. I see it finally. I see it. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. I finally understand why uh, Zach Braff was so angry. Zach Braff. <laughs> One reason I said Zach Braff is uh, there's a punked uh, thing that didn't that actually never aired because Zach Braff like really overreacted. Yeah. Because like. It made it look like somebody had spray painted his car with all kinds of graffiti, and and he came out and just was like ballistic on the kid, like calling him all kinds of names and threatening him. Yeah. And, and they were like, "Oh, we can't handle this." <laughs> so that the beast did that, but the beast did was still Zach Pratt's girlfriend, force him to go get the glaive. <laughs> Murder all his bandit friends. Murder all his bandit friends. Uh, so this is like they can't well we can't fight him how can we fight him but then they complete the wedding ceremony she gives him the flame yeah this is a scene where Corwin gets the glow yes so to speak <laughs> like I like here's what I like about this too is like that flamethrower hand it's just like he's got it yeah like he uses it and I don't know if maybe he's got to be near her to use it that'd be nice so it's like but like when they're like the, by the way the beast buys it big time like he is <laughs> that's a slow Meaty death. I think it's a face full of fireball. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't shoot like fireball. No he shoots like blow <laughs> flamethrower levels. It's like a World War One flamethrower. Right. <laughs> then when they're they're, they're escaping the castle gone. at the last minute, all the characters. And again, they can't get out, and he just like <laughs> blasts a hole in the fortress wall. I'm like, I'm glad there's no slayers were stupid enough to try to get in his way because he would have just been like mowing, mowing guys down. Would have been little wormy guys jumping away. Yeah, right. just like I'm not. You, you leave. You can leave. They they escape the fortress. Fortress reverse collapses. Yeah. What does that remind me of? Last scene in Killer Clowns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess just because their spaceship was taken. You know, off. it's interesting. The reason I think that could work is if there was a planned sequel for Crawl, you could the beast could come back or something like the beast could come back. Yeah. You know. The uh, beast's second cousin <laughs> takes over the galaxy. The uh But he's more of a the creature. <laughs> more of a pacifist. He's <laughs> got glasses. <laughs> he just reads a lot of comics. I'm the beast. <laughs> Beast 2. <laughs> Crawl 2. Melvin's Revenge. Worst planet ever. By the way, I apologize to anybody named Melvin because I use that a lot. It's a nerd thing. It's my problem. I have never it's met anyone named Melvin. Thing. I'm just saying there's got to be somebody named Melvin that's tired of making their... their People who, who were named up. Melvin have existed. I'm just saying, if your name's Melvin, I apologize. I do not mean to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're more like you melvin than uh, that's true the other way around that's true i'm not i'm not the guy shooting fireballs <laughs> out of my hand like is it gonna hurt 
<laughs> a little, but man up, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's pollen allergy holds him back. <laughs> nah, never mind. <laughs> uh, so that's it. They so win. that's it. They get out of the cat. They get out of the, the reverse collapses. They have the wrap up. They break. He undoes the manacles and he gives him the key and he becomes the Lord Marshal and they walk away. Yes, the remaining bandits. <laughs> the two remaining bandits. Uh, I guess the kids still. Yeah, the other ones survived too. The, the one at the beginning. The kid with the staff, right? Yeah. The first one who volunteers. Right. Uh, they escape, walking away, and then there's like that, you know, their their son shall they shall rule our planet and their son shall rule the galaxy. <laughs> right. The end. Uh it's good. It doesn't it's like it's over. It's good. We're done. We don't need to waste a lot of time. Sure. And, uh, it's like Star Wars style. It's where it's like uh it's a movie with here's a metal ceremony, we're done. <laughs> it's a movie with an ending. <laughs> yes. Um which I think we were saying that if they'd made this today, that's that's not a certainty. <laughs> if they made this today, they would have already planned like six movies, right? And they would have made it so that like it was really like half of this story like stretched out. Yeah, there's like a sky kind of like cliffhanger ending. Skyline. Have you seen Skyline? No. Oh. Um, it's not very good. <laughs> um, okay. but it has potential because here's the whole point of Skyline. Aliens come and they invade the Earth and they have this technology to literally like, uh, if you see like this light they see, they can basically absorb, like they can just absorb you. And so like in the middle of the night, they absorb like 85% of the human race, but there's others left and they're fighting. The whole movie's like, okay, this is cool. These people are surviving, sort of trying to survive, trying to figure out how to survive. Okay, it's fine. And at the end, spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil this because it's, it's annoying to me. <laughs> The main character and his girlfriend, his girlfriend gets taken, she's pregnant, she gets taken in a spaceship, and you see him, and I think, because they didn't explain this, but I think, like, he got exposed to the light several times and didn't get absorbed, so something, like, changed in him, so they pull out his brain and stick it in a, an alien body, and they kind of use those as their, like, like, as sort of, like, drones, and then they're about to do something to his girlfriend, and that creature, basically, he wakes up in that creature's body. And like kills the other aliens and grabs his girlfriend and runs away. And that's the end of the movie. And there's this shots during the credits of like these still shots of like what it's like him escaping, like with his girlfriend. And I was hmm. like, you could have done like this in the first like like the first 45 minutes could have been justifying this, and then the last 45 minutes could have been this cool story about this alien human, human and alien body defending his girlfriend and maybe fighting off aliens. But you're just this was all set up so that your next movie can do it. And I'm like, that's so stupid <laughs> because it's just irritating that you had a cooler movie that you didn't want to give me yeah uh and as i pointed out i like when things fight things and that it's seems, such annoyance that seems really cynical because <laughs> well, it is kind of you're right you, you don't want to hold back like good material from it seemed very optimistic story. <laughs> this is gonna be so great i was gonna want to see more of this i'm like I'm looking at you, fantastic beasts. <laughs> so there's some of that too, yeah. yeah. You fuckers. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like stop, stop. Uh, that's the one thing I have against these planned sequels and stuff. It's not that I I care about that, but like stop giving me like half the story. Yeah, Give me it's the fine story. if you want to plan a sequel. Right, nothing wrong with that. But don't break a story in half. And obviously, <laughs> and like, act like, like it's right. 
Like, it's a decent story still. Well, like Star Wars. Star Wars, the original Star Wars, does that, where it's like Darth Vader's still alive and there's elements, but the movie's not like the story's over, but this particular story is over. We can start the next one. Right. Don't do the thing where it's like, it really is where you end it. Like, don't end it five minutes later, where it's like Darth Vader shows up and suddenly it's like, dun, dun, dun. Stop. I get it. I know what's going to happen. It's a full story arc. I don't know why people think they can get away with not right. <laughs> completing a story. Right. And, and that's where I felt like uh, it gets annoying. So this one is kind of like, because it was made now, I mean, made back then, it's like, well, we're just going to finish this. And then if we it does well enough, we'll do Kroll 2. Right. Kroll 2, the search for more money. <laughs> Kroll 2, son of Kroll. <laughs> <laughs> Kroll 2, beast punked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Beast is back, baby. <laughs> so anyway, that's the movie. Uh, I like it. I think it's a fun movie. Um, it's really not boring. I mean, it moves along. Yep. Um, I think the effects actually hold up really well. I was actually surprised how well I think they hold up. Yeah, I think it's a decent movie and a rare unicorn that is fantasy sci-fi, especially in that era. Of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, people don't... I mean, that's why we do, like, uh, Flash Gordon, and then it's like... Yeah. Those things are are just... We take it for granted now, but, it, you know, I was starving for those things as a kid. It, it, especially, like, a, a big budget... I mean, this wasn't a big budget, but it's a big budget-ish and uh, mainstream-ish movie. Right. There just wasn't a lot of that around. No. Uh, so don't take it for granted, kids. <laughs> All right, so next up... With your Netflixes and your... CBSL access. It's it's amazing. I mean, I've talked about it. It's amazing to realize that. Like, we live in that world where something like, oh, there's six new sci-fi shows and fantasy shows on television. What? <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of those X-Files type shows. I'm like, what? <laughs> we live in a world where that's possible and I agree with you? you know, it's like <laughs> a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, part of it is that the audience has been diced up so small. Yeah. But it just enables a lot yeah. wider range of stuff. Yes. Good and bad. But it's also, it's a cultural shift. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it helps that, like, the technology catches up to you. Yeah. I mean, like, you watch, like, older shows. CGI helps a lot. <laughs> right. And, and just, like, because, like, you watch, like, like Six Million Dollar Man. The reason they did that is it was just, like, we'll just do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. slow It's like, okay, that's fine. It works fine. Right. You know. So it has like supervision. We just close up, do a close up of his eye. Yeah, it's easy to do. You it's know, night more impressionistic than right. Night Rider. It's like the cars are destructible. How do you know? Because we can just boom, boom, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> it doesn't get hurt. Every episode they shoot the car. Right. Car jumps over something. Right. Super car. Easy. <laughs> but when you get to stuff like like even Wonder Woman, like I love I love Wonder Woman the TV show, but a lot of it was just like. When she super jumps, it's just she ju- the status stunt woman jump backwards, and they just filmed it. <laughs> you know, it's it's can't help it. It's it's just they can have this technology. Yeah. Um. So our next movie. Uh, next movie we got planned is Shoot 'Em Up. Shoot 'Em Up because with Clive uh, Owen. Uh, somebody told us we're doing too many masculine movies, so we decided to do a movie about family. <laughs> well, in a sense, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a baby in it. What more do you there want? It's <laughs> called pandering. There's a there's a baby and gun control. <laughs> and <laughs> Paul Giamatti fondling a dead prostitute. Yeah. Pinch of uh, falling down. 
Uh, Dash so, of John Wick. <laughs> it's been a long time since I see. Yes, <laughs> when we say the uh, the uh, the less suave John Wick. Yeah, goes back to the thing about the camera, how the camera portrays everything, and the narrative portrays everything. <laughs> John right. Wick, you're like, I want to be John Wick, but you don't want to be this this guy's character because he's kind of like Clive Owen's character is like, yeah, he's kind of down on his luck. Yep, they frame him as a little villainous. Yes, <laughs> a little bit a little washed up. Edges. Yes, he's not the romantic like. Handsome, tragic John Wick, <laughs> whose doggy died. That's amazing. Once, once I, I saw that video and I heard other things talking about it, I just see it all over the place now. Like I asked myself, would you care about that? Would you see John Wick as a murderous psychopath if his dog hadn't died? And the answer is, yeah, you would. If he wasn't Keanu Reeves, Steve Buscemi is John Wick. <laughs> after somebody like kicked him in the shins. Totally different movie. Yep. <laughs> so it's just amazing. The uh, John Wick murderer extraordinary. Yes, and people will be like, "Wow, that's kind of creepy." <laughs> I, I I feel bad because I would use Steve Buscemi as the example, but I think it's because he's so not traditionally Hollywood handsome. Yeah, so it's like he's like, typecast. You can put yeah. him in anything, like like change him, like uh, Passengers. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, what's her name? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence wakes up, and Steve Buscemi's waiting for her. <laughs> You're like, oh man, what a creep! <laughs> Jurassic World. Don't listen to Steve Buscemi. He doesn't know jack about controlling raptors. He doesn't even have a six pack. <laughs> That's right. Steve Buscemi is Star Lord. Totally <laughs> <laughs> different movie. You're blowing my mind yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until then, that's the that's the new uh, thing. Is there's like a. Uh, I think in comic books where they call it the the Hawkeye Project, where they'll draw Hawkeye in the poses of female characters in comic books, and it highlights how absurd those poses can look. <laughs> because Hawkeye, because we're not used, we're not we're so used to seeing it with women, we don't necessarily think about it. But you put Hawkeye in those poses, suddenly it looks really strange because you realize how twisted he looks and how how his ass is hanging out or moving towards it. I'm like, mine's going to be the Chris Pratt replaced with Steve Buscemi <laughs> meme. <laughs> And you ask yourself, would you still root for this guy? Probably Photoshop that together. You can probably photo. I'm like, and it's not, it's, by the way, it's not a crit- criticism of Steve Buscemi. It's a criticism of our society. <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, that's right. I'm taking on society. <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> I don't care whose toes I step on. <laughs> So, you know, try not to be so judgmental, <laughs> you ass. <laughs> I assume. Potential ass. Potentially. I don't know. Society. I'm part of you, too, so I can't go. I can't sit here on the sidelines. So until then. It's easy to complain, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But the thing is, like, everybody doesn't have the strict judgment that I do. But then you realize it's like, maybe that's not true. It's that thing about like, what do you, what do you believe that's stupid? Everything I believe is smart. Oh yeah. yeah sure. Oh sure. Sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody thinks they're a bad person. Right. Well, commercials work on everybody, but me. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go get some McDonald's. <laughs>
commercials for stuff you don't like don't work on you. That's right. <laughs> Unless you see them enough. <laughs> then you're even like, I don't need pillow shams. I'm so independent. <laughs> you can't control me, society. <laughs> Ladies are so silly with their hair products. <laughs> but I need 50 more board games. <laughs> This is this is a deeper issue than and I want to get into society. Next time we'll talk about shoot 'em up Dude, and our hour. capitalistic <laughs> programming society. That's probably the right place to do it. Why not? <laughs> it's I think it's gonna come up a lot. Because the, the John Wood comparison is gonna come up a lot, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And there's some elements in shoot 'em up of uh, like the struggle struggle against capitalism. <laughs> Yeah. And the system in general. Right. And even the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, this has gone on too long we'll already. Dive, dive deep into that next Yeah, time. that's exciting. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah. He's Lee. <laughs> He's Scott. We just saved a movie. <laughs> and society. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's not too much help for Good one.